0: to the chocolate bar. I'm Bree. I'm Dee. This is episode 27 and we are um, really happy to be here and we are excited tonight because we have another guest. Yay! Yes. Those are always the funnest episodes I know for us and I'm sure for you because you get tired of just hearing the two of us drawn on about nothing most times. So anyway, um, we have the distinct pleasure of having adrian who which is her ig name i will let her tell you her government name if she so chooses with us tonight and she is a powerlifter and a musician yeah i said it and an activist and a complete badass so we are excited to have friend of the podcast adrian here tonight hey girl
1: Hello. oh, I felt so official just now. you know, yes, about. <laughs> but you are yes, official. Yes,
0: yes. you are official. <laughs> Super you are official, official. <laughs> yes. So uh, I already told the listeners a little bit about just sort of who you are on the interwebs, but tell us who you really are.
1: Yeah, who who am I? Um, yeah, so <laughs> my government you? name is Adrian Thomas. Who you be? My name is Adrian Thomas. Um, I live in Chicago, Illinois, and um, like I said, I'm a powerlifter. Um, I'm a singer. I'm actually a student. I'm in school studying urban elementary ed. Um, so hmm. my long term goals nice. with that, yeah, teach my the Goals with that, yeah, are to um, hopefully get an educational policy and try to fix some of the shit system that our kids exist in. I love um, it. Yeah, so that kind of is what has fueled a lot of my active, my role as an activist, so just because being exposed to, like, the world that we exist in, not only from my own experiences, but, like, through the lens of the kids I work with, just unfortunately start to see how, like, our our system's kind of screwed and... uh, Mm all the ways that you're kind of just pit the world's pit against you and you're born into most people you're born into where you're gonna stay and that's right um and you don't even have a chance before you have a chance so that is one of what drives a lot of um what i do and i was talking to someone recently on a podcast and i was saying that it's so funny because i'm trying to like smash all my worlds together because i am a power lifter which is a part relatively new part of my life i am a musician which is something i've been doing for a while i am a student I'm all these things. <laughs> um, i try trying to like smash them all together because, you know, I'm not just one or the other. So it's been right. interesting kind of like combine those worlds and try to give everyone a little taste of the different areas of
0: <laughs> who I am. Awesome. Well, thank you again for join- joining us this evening. I'm really, really excited to get all in your business and pick your brain Mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. So um, I guess we can sort of start with the obvious and and what most people would probably be tuning in for is, tell us a little bit about how you discovered powerlifting.
1: Um, Yeah, so I feel like everyone's story with how they discovered powerlifting is like really similar. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But for me personally, I was a little overweight. I was like, oh, I need to lose some weight and get, like, a little lean and haughty. Um, And I started going to the gym, and I remember, like, that's not true. I started running. I used, like, that Couch to 5K app. And I was was never a runner, but I was like, Mm -hmm. this is how you get fit, so you have to run. So I, like, forced myself into running. Um, And then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start going to the gym. Had no idea what to do at the gym because... I'm from an athletic family, but I was unfortunately not one of the athletes. Uh,
0: <laughs> so um, <laughs> You were the outlier. I,
1: I tried I tried so hard. I would be like up in the gym, like trying to be excel at basketball. I have a twin sister and she played uh, college. Oh, you know, I did
0: not know that.
1: Yeah, she played ball at college and I like I couldn't even get past JV. Like it just Aww. was it was not my sport. <laughs> oh, even to make matters worse, I joined track because I was like, Oh, I can do track and I'm relatively fast and I talked her into joining track her sophomore year, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know if you know how track works, but like there's usually like three-point runners for individual runners right. and there's relays. She mm-hmm. joined and like knocked me out of all my spots. Oh, oh. wow, well. Okay. She, she joined and knocked the best people down, which knocked me at the bottom out. Right. So then I just was a thrower. Damn, sisters. <laughs> I know. Oh. Um, but yeah, so, I was like, I gotta get fit, I gotta do something. And I remember like my first time going into the gym, I was so terrified. I was like texting my dad, being like, I know what I'm gonna do, they're gonna laugh at me. Um, and he just was like, Put your headphones in and mind your business, like, no one cares about you. <laughs> like, that is the best thing.
0: advice well, ever. Yeah, he I mean, was like, listen, he was like dad, Thanks,
1: he was like, You're there to fix yourself, they're there to fix themselves. So, yeah, I got into that typical, like, I was in the gym six days a week doing a different body part every day i was running five days a week i was five eight come five seven and three quarters but I pretend i'm five eight mm-hmm. um <laughs> I was i'll allow eight, it yeah i was five eight 140 pounds convinced i was fat like mm. you know life mm-hmm. the system <laughs> mm-hmm. and i finally just was at a point where i was like i don't know what to do because i like the gym but i was if I woke up with abs or not, that like determined my mood for the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Jesus. and Haven't that we all determined, been there? like, yeah, exactly. I'm saying, like, we all have been there. And luckily around that same time, one of my best friends um, had started dating a guy who was a lifter. They're married now, um, but <laughs> they start talking and she was like, oh, I learned how to squat and deadlift and bench press. And I was like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. So I met up with them one day and they showed me the three lifts in one session. And I was just like, I'm going to learn to do this because I'm a, when I commit, I commit.
0: Mm-hmm. So I remember
1: like I went home, I was researching everything, trying to figure out how. It, and I'm self-taught because I was poor, like I could not mm-hmm. afford a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went home, I just started learning everything I could learn about powerlifting and programming. And... The first year or so, it was more like I'd find a program, I'd start it, but then I'd feel good, so I'd max out. (laughs) Mm -hmm, (laughs) Because what is linear progression? Um, Right. And then, yeah, so I pretty much was doing that for a little while, and then I did my first meet in January, the end of January of 2016, which sounds like forever Mm -hmm. ago, but also yesterday. Right, right. I did my first meet at my home gym and I didn't know anyone. I just showed up with my best friend and was like, "We'll see what happens." And I tell this story all the time because it's so cheesy, but it really to me like encompasses powerlifting. I like walked in and I remember like going out for my last squat which was, like, 250, I think, um, and the crowd was, like, so loud and cheering for me, and, like, none of the none of them knew me. <laughs> they mm-hmm, were just cheering mm-hmm. for me. I remember being, like, what is this, and right. I remember hitting my last squat and, like, walking off the platform and, like, bawling and being, like, this is it, <laughs> and I've, I've literally been hooked since that day. Like, I say that moment was the moment I realized that, like, I love powerlifting, um, just because, like, it was the first time I ever Finally fell through and finished a program. Mm -hmm, And I could finally mm -hmm. see, like, I worked hard. I felt this. And because I did A, B, C, D, whatever it is, this is the outcome of my hard work. It was something measurable and tangible. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then you add on to that, like, that community. And I feel like I'm lucky because not everyone has a community that I have, and I'm not going to pretend that all powerlifting is like, yeah, yeah, yippee he? we're all best friends. But, like, right. I am lucky that I have that environment. In Chicago, we are a really close powerlifting community. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I got lucky, and, like, I've been super happy and blessed to have people around me that I do. And um, that's why I'm always, like, trying to build and give back where I can, because, like, I'm broke, and I know how it is to be broke, and I don't think you should have to be rich to compete in this sport. And I think right. that accessibility... Um, is something I talk about a lot with um, Ivy who runs Girls Powerlift. Power Lift, um, mm-hmm. but wanting to make this sport more accessible to people and not right. so elitist, because...
0: Mm-hmm. Mm, mm. <laughs>
1: mm. But yeah, I go on a tangent, y'all, so forgive me. That was long.
2: <laughs> we totally appreciate tangents here. Yes, that's that <laughs> that is kind of what, what we do, do here. <laughs> but,
0: like, tangents are life. <laughs>
2: yeah. I think that's why we actually decided we wanted you here, because we kind of love your tangents. So mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. feel free. <laughs>
0: That's, that was what really kind of, you know, sort of when I dis- quote unquote discovered you, I was like, oh, she rants like I do. I love <laughs> this. It's like my little sister I never had. Exactly. <laughs>
1: and even when I'm like, I'm going to keep this short and like 12 minutes later, I'm like, all right, that wasn't short. Sure, but the point was there. <laughs> See y'all later. <laughs> so hard.
0: So what's your favorite thing about powerlifting?
1: um oh, Honestly, I'd say my favorite thing about powerlifting really, I mean, it really is that you, nothing else matters aside from like the work you put in and like Mm -hmm. progress isn't linear, not always going to progress, but like at the end of the day, you know that what you reap is what you've put in. Like you work hard, you put in the hours, you put in the time, you put in the technique you are in control of your outcome and Mm -hmm. there's other aspects like the community etc whatever but like for me like when all else fails and like my community is kind of being lame and I'm kind of Mm -hmm. not feeling good like the fact that I know I can go in and like because of the work I'm putting in today is gonna help me achieve what I want tomorrow or next week or next month or next year or whatever it is Mm -hmm. that's what my favorite thing is because that's something that there's so little things in your life that you have full control over, because right. we don't have control over our lives as much as people want to like right. show make that appearance. We don't, and like there's very little that you can control. And I think that like being in the position that I am, and sometimes I do feel completely out of control of the life that I lead, and I feel like mm-hmm. I'm just kind of <laughs> going along, like all right, we're doing this today. <laughs> um, <laughs> Powerlifting is the one thing that I do have control over, and I get to decide how that goes, and that's empowering for me because. There's very little things you can say that with in life.
0: Right, right, cool. Um, So you mentioned uh, you, you know, weren't really working with a coach at the time that you took the sport up Mm -hmm. because coins and lack thereof, and we we. all have been there and understand that. how do you, or how did you, because I think one of the things, and we've talked about this on a previous episode, um, that, you know, I, I've definitely noticed, and maybe others have too, just in terms of the, you know, accessi- more accessibility of the sport with respect to social media and all that, you see a lot of people kind of get online and, you know, sort of form check and all these other things, which could be a good or a bad thing, depending mm-hmm. on um, who's who's who you're talking to and who's talking to you. Yeah. So the question in all of that is, how <laughs> do you, <laughs> there is a question there, how do you um, Um, sort of eradicate the self doubt part of it. Because I think, you know, part of the thing with having a coach or someone you're working with is, is that sort of level of feedback about your progress, lack there, whatever. And if you're doing that for yourself, I think sometimes you can maybe sort of Second-guess yourself, or question yourself, or just not be sure. Um, so, what have you done, and, and what would you suggest to someone who was is in a similar position, like they want to start this, but they just don't have the the funds right now to go the coaching route?
1: Yeah. So, I would say because a lot of people, I think that having a coach. Or even, like, people around you that can give you sound advice. It's, like, a really beneficial thing. But I'm also, mm-hmm. like, not going to be, like, oh, find a coach or, oh, find a gym friend. Like, not everyone has access to that. Right. Um, so then it's, like, what are their options? For me, when I started, especially because I was really shy when I first started, too, like, I had this idea that, like, I wasn't good enough to talk about powerlifting yet. So I just kind of, like, mm-hmm. stayed in my little bubble and trained. And, like, myself and my best friend knew about it and knows it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, a lot of it was... One, like I do truly believe there are a lot of great resources. And when I say resource, I'm not talking about, you know, those X checks and Y videos on YouTube. I mean, Instagram, those can be helpful, but like I'm talking about published resources and articles Mm -hmm. that have been written by professionals in the sport who've been in the game, who Mm -hmm. really do excellent jobs of breaking down like technique, tips, cues, and things of that nature. I think that too often people get into, especially because social media, you see like, you see a girl benching with an arch, and now you're like, Oh, right, I have to implement that right away. Like right. no, your goal starting to learn the lifts is to learn the lifts. <laughs> like, right. it's not to have a crazy arch, it's not to be putting up crazy weight, it's to learn. Like mm-hmm. I tell this story all the time. I was up in my apartment every waking second while I was free with a broomstick practicing my form <laughs> on squats, mm-hmm. deadlifts, mm-hmm. and bench. Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be repetition, it's going to come down to repeating it, and I think that right. using those resources, those written texts, using these books, like Juggernaut does have some really awesome books, um, breaking down form and uh, technique, um, videotaping yourself so you can actually see, which I know is, it took me a really long time to get comfortable taping myself in a gym, especially because mm-hmm. I wasn't at a powerlifting gym for a while, it was a commercial gym, and it just is like this right. weird thing but you kind of got to like force yourself to get over it because once you do start taping yourself lifting you can visually see the things that you're doing and make mental notes like sometimes you can feel something but you don't know how it looks so you can't really give yourself the best cue to fix it but honestly Mm -hmm. sometimes just seeing what it is that you're doing is gonna help you Um, Mm -hmm. and I'd say like too if you are lucky like try to find a community um, online sucks sometimes cause it's full of crap, but there right. are some good small communities around of people who are willing to help and for mm-hmm. free. And like, that's why I make a really big point of like, people reach out to me all the time and ask to meet up and I meet up. It's, I don't charge anyone for anything. I like mm-hmm. just show up, don't waste my time. Cause I have had people make plans and not show up. And that's another story. But, um, yeah, yes there are is. people that are willing to help you. So like, if mm-hmm. you make that step, make sure you're showing up make sure you're being open to learning. I think a lot of it is just like diving headfirst into it and just like committing yourself to it. I think a lot of times, uh, sorry, I'm going to change it, but a lot of times people, get into powerlifting because everyone can do it, right? Which is dope, but people Mm -hmm. don't commit to it the way they would to another sport. So like, Mm. I also referee meets and I run meets at the gym, um, help the man who owns my gym run them. And like, Mm -hmm. I show up sometimes and I get people asking questions and making complaints about things that if they took the time as an athlete, because that's what you are as a powerlifter, you're an athlete. Mm -hmm. If you took the time as an athlete to educate yourself on the sport, you would know. And that's a big part. I feel like people do it because like, oh, it's fun, it's a trend, which is great, I'm happy it's growing, but like, you like anything else in your life have to take this seriously. Like if you're not willing to dedicate the time to learn, the time to ask questions, the time to do research, like you're not gonna excel. Like people can't do the work for you. And I think that's what it is. People are used to like, things being handed to them and like, if yeah. you want to really get it down like you have to commit the time like it's not gonna well and it's overnight. instinct.
0: it's it's a lot i think too of again like you know these perfectly curated sort of paths that you know these uh, power lifting paths that people put out there on social media so yeah. it's like you know tuesday go into the gym and do your do your three lifts for the first time thursday qualify and go to raw nationals yes. like, no it doesn't work like that <laughs> yeah. you know but i think sometimes people sort of you know, again, they show you the nice stuff and the pretty stuff, but they don't necessarily show you the reality. So, I mean, exactly. and that's another thing that, you know, I, I've come to appreciate about you because you do show sort of the good, the bad yeah. um, and the ugly. So, I think that, oh, oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was saying even with that on that line of like, yeah, qualify for nationals the next day. I think that we've definitely seen a shift recently and like this. No no one values a local level competition. And right. I, I joke about this all the time. So the man that owns my gym, Dennis Brady, he was in IPF, USAPL before USAPL existed. He is number the number six member in USAPL. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. he's been around for a while, and I have the privilege of knowing people who've been in the game for a while and they always say that back in the day it was about the local level competition and i think that now that you have access to social media and everyone's talking about national this national that everyone has this idea that they have to be there and they're trying to rush when there isn't a rush like the national is great but like the local level competition is what the sport is about and Mm -hmm. there isn't a rush people like like there are some outliers who do do the sport and they do it for a year and they break world records but like the vast majority of us are not those people (laughs)
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you mentioned, um, some of the resources that you were able to tap into, um, to kind of help you learn more about the sport. Do you remember offhand any like titles you might suggest or books you might suggest, we'll put them in the um, show notes. So people can maybe refer to them later. Oh,
1: for sure. And I'll um, send you some. So one of them is um, I'm actually looking at right now. So strong lifts. They have a definitive guide to squat, mm-hmm. bench, dead. They like that's how I learned to deadlift, squat, and bench. Like, definitive. So mm-hmm. it's like Strong list, Definitive Guide to Deadlifting, Definitive okay. Guide to Squatting, Definitive Guide to Bench. So,
0: like a series.
1: Yeah. And those are online, okay. those, those are free. So, I'm first of mm-hmm. all, I'm all about free resources. Like, jug stuff right. is great, but if I have to pay for it, like, some people are like, oh, it's just $20. Not everyone has $20 to spare, right? Exactly. So, Strong exactly. Lifts is one of my favorite because they had, um, I'm just trying to pull it up on my computer even right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitive, you can hear me typing, sorry guide. No problem. Squatting. But that way I can give you, and I'll send the links too, but. These are like the three, like whenever I meet someone, oh maybe, sorry, it's Stronger by Science and Strong Lifts, Strong Lifts is I use. But yeah, they both have really good definitive guides to all of the three main lifts, and then also, Mm um, sp- um, Oh my god what are the other lifts Rows <laughs> shoulder presses But they're really mm-hmm. long but that's what I mean When like if you're committed to the sport you're gonna take the time To use this resource and it is right. an excellent Free resource like I remember when I first Found this I was like wow and even I still When I'm teaching people how to lift I sometimes mm-hmm. resort to it just for like tips for Myself on like how to help them and like what cues Are not working Um, But yeah strong lifts It honestly was like my saving grace um, mm-hmm. That was a really big one for me I'm trying to think of some more free ones I'm, I mean Juggernaut has really good books if you have the coin to spend on them right. I, that's, right. okay. that's, those are ones I would suggest if you have the okay. money um, but honestly I think that as a new lifter your goal is to learn <coughs> excuse me the lifts and those mm-hmm. guides are going to be key to learning it and then from there it's going to be how to program yourself which mm-hmm. honestly I would say there's a lot of good program like a 5 by 5 if you're new run a 5 by 5 right um, if okay. you're new mm-hmm. mad cow five by five which is a, a different version of it tsa has a really good um program on their website that is um daily undulating period- periodization style of training so okay. like there's programs out there for everyone i can send some links too so we can put those up Fantastic. but yeah there's tons of free stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. use and the then,
2: free things and the use other the thing too
1: things. is i think that people who want a more personalized program but don't have money to pay a coach you know $200 a month like some people are right um, Mm there pro are coaches excuse me there's coaching people who will write like a block for you so they'll write like a 12-week block for say $200 so now you're getting Mm -hmm. 12 weeks of programming for the price of you know one week I mean one month sometimes so like that's
0: a good
2: option too Mm
0: -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm okay great Um, because, yes, we are all about the free stuff yes. here at the chocolate Yeah, I
2: mean, there's just bar. also there's... Free savings, anything along those lines, because yeah. this sport gets really expensive really fast, and I don't... It gets
1: so expensive, and Dennis has always run around like, back in my day, people didn't charge $500 for a seminar. They just invited you over and taught you things. <laughs> but it's true, like, they didn't they didn't do that, and, like, even there's an Olympic coach in the city who coaches all of his lifters for free. Like, that's just stuff you don't see, and I get, like, people have to make a living, but also, like... Not everything needs to be super expensive.
2: Yeah, I I've I've been as I've kind of come through the sport or come through as a lifter in general, I've had friends who have introduced to powerlifting and their first thing thanks to our darling friend the <laughs> internet and the social media, it's I need a three hundred dollar belt and no. five hundred dollars worth of shoes and like and it's totally true that at this point the internet feeds a ton of the image if you want to call it that of the sport is that people just sort of think they need all of these things and i'm like i started out with a random pair of shoes from my closet yes and
1: i was in chucks whatever in gym. shorts i had the only reason i even own olympic lifting shoes is because my best friend bought them her and her boyfriend bought them for me as a gift for christmas and i cried like <laughs> <laughs> like That's like awesome. you don't you don't need these fancy things like and you don't need a belt if you don't know how to brace against the belt like if you can't breathe you can't use the belt so yeah, you don't need That's my number one tip. is like you don't need anything fancy. Get you a pair of flat shoes, go buy some Chucks, $50 Chucks, and get to the gym and start reading these books and reading these articles and working on your form. Buy a PVC pipe at Home Depot and cut it so it's the same length as a real barbell. <laughs> Mark oh, yeah. it and practice at home. Like that's all you need.
2: <laughs> it, it start really simple. It yeah. doesn't have to be Just like you don't have to join the, you know, $70 a month gym yes. and all of these. It's crazy to me to see how many things and I think it's great to have people like you out there who talk about the reality of being a broke person sometimes because
1: yeah are we not poor like (laughs) what? sometimes
2: there are people who are genuinely i remember being i've since i started lifting i have been through i was out of college when i started and then (laughs) i sort of went through this period of you know your first job's out of school and i went to school i worked and, and all this kind of back and forth and at different points there are just things i can't afford and no one ever talks about that Everybody acts like they have this never-ending source of, you know, the ninety-dollar pants and
1: yeah, <laughs> and like
2: seventy-dollar shoes. So it's any resources that people have that are free. I always push people in that direction because learn first, then figure out what you need. Exactly. It's 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 always been so. I, I just it's it's one of the things that and Brie will tell you this. That I it's one of my things that I get on my angry angry old lady horse about. <laughs> it's that. Why are you spending so much money? I I have so many friends who have started this sport And the first thing they did was buy weightlifting shoes But no one's told them that they need them I squatted for years I didn't get it I don't think I got my lifting shoes until I hired a coach And he said, oh, let's try these for squats And then funny thing is We did that for a while And then he said, you know what? You don't need those so I, it, it, I totally agree with use what's free, use what's out there, use what's available to you, including human beings who know more than
1: you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, well, it does suck. There are some people there are just some people are just out there trying to make money. And like, I get it. Like, you got to hustle, but there are a lot of people who are willing to help. And like, you know, it's worth it sometimes. Just like taking that extra step to be like, look, I don't know you much i don't have anything to give you but i'm willing to learn i was curious if you could help me nine times out of ten people are going to be more than happy to send some advice your way uh but yeah it is hard now in this day and age because i do feel like a lot of the focus has shifted um and you know we're all just out here swimming trying to make it through
2: (laughs) we're all just trying
1: to be grown up lifters (laughs) shoot (laughs) and not go poor while doing it
2: right so (laughs) we know the access thing is something you're super passionate about i think I know for the black women I've talked to, and you know, and I, you and I have had this conversation a little bit behind the scenes. I know mm-hmm. for Atlanta, we still have not grown on the black girl side of powerlifting. We're still growing. We still, so I think one of Which the things Which is the same
1: with all, say, all the black girls in Atlanta. Like. Right, but I think what
2: it is is there's a small group of us that are. Um, really comfortable with the idea of lifting. But what has happened here is, I think, to some extent, and I think I've seen it a lot in the black community kind of nationally, is we're just now getting into working out here. It's still just, we're just now getting to where it's okay to sweat. Mm -hmm. So I think from your perspective, if you were talking to, because I think it's one conversation to have, okay, get your butt in the gym. I, I think we've gotten to the point where that conversation is sort of the norm. Yeah. But now what would you, what would be your, I guess, messaging to a black woman of any age, or especially, I think for me, I like to see younger black women get into this because it's so empowering and it's so yeah. important. What would you tell specifically a black woman to kind of help her make the transition to what is really still a very not black sport, at least on the women's side, when you look at it externally?
1: <laughs> yeah, externally not, but like some of the best in the sport are black. They just don't got exactly hollers and followers, but I'm. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that I'm too. Sure. <clears throat> Uh, Yeah, because, like, people are like, oh, I'm like, actually, some of the best lifters in this world, (laughs) in this country, (laughs) are black. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, like, hard to, like, pinpoint one thing because I think that so much of the stigma that we have, like, first of all, just within society, but especially as, like, a black woman and, like, how we're viewed and how, like, black men view us is, like, so everything is so centered around sometimes it feels like um, being sexy still and, like, being found sexually attractive and desired. And that's something that I've struggled with not personally, because people don't bother me, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> <laughs> but like friends of mine who will say things like, oh, like I have cousins, I have tons of cousins, my cousins are all black, and they'll be like, oh, I love watching you lift, it's so dope, like you look so strong, but like I don't want to, like so much of it is still very much like I don't want to look like a man, or I don't want to get too bulky, or like I don't want guys to not find me attractive. I hate saying shit like that, but that's the feedback that I've gotten. Like the vast majority of it comes around like still fitting into this like mold of a woman and especially a black woman because like right. there's so many things like we gotta we gotta be everything and more right so like you know we gotta be proud and black women and hold up our men and hold up and support blackness but we also need to like not have nappy hair supposedly and like <laughs> and like have and green be delicate eyes and
2: feminine but not really. have green <laughs>
1: eyes and be delicate and feminine and also like you know have some curves but not be too thick but like thick and like I just <laughs> I, I do really feel like so much with, like, black women is still fo- – and I hate saying this as black woman, but, like, I still feel like so much of it is centered around this idea of, like, acceptance <laughs> and, like, yeah. try, trying to find how to be accepted by our community, specifically black men, and yes. <laughs> also try to find a way to be accepted by white society because they control shit. So it's just, like, this in-between of – like, you even see it, like, black women, like, you the best black female athletes, they're strong – and they're beautiful, and they have muscular bodies, and then they're called men, they're called ugly, they're called masculine, because people are threatened by it. So then you have black women seeing them, they're seeing people like, I'm gonna see Serena, Serena being attacked by the way she looks as an amazing athlete, and they're seeing that, and whether they're aware of it consciously or subconsciously, it's affecting the way they're gonna position themselves in society. So that's what's like super important for me, (laughs) to people to see that like, one, you can be all of this and dope as hell and, like, none of that matters. And that's why I love Serena's like, unapologetically herself. Um, But also just, like, seeing that there's not one way to be an athlete and one way to look. And there's so many other things that are determined that determine how our bodies look, not just powerlifting. And like you said, powerlifting is so empowering that... I don't know, I, I, I don't even, I, I guess at the end I don't have an answer for you cause like I haven't figured it out. I'm like talking in a circle, I'm, like I haven't figured it out. Like, I want people to get involved but I don't know what to say to them to get them involved other than like they do it and they figure it out themselves. And I think it is one of those things that most of us have experienced ourselves and we can speak to it, but.
2: I know, I, no, I agree. That's why I asked you to see if you had a better. No. Discussion <laughs> than I get better discussion points than I did because I definitely have that conversation with people fairly often um, and I'm sure you know how this goes. You, meet someone and they say, oh, well, you might mention something about working out, because I definitely don't lead with, hi, I'm a powerlifter. That's just not normal in the workplace. (laughs) But I sort of... Wait, what do you mean? I don't know. You know, know, it's like, you know, hi, I I, I go to the gym every morning and (laughs) I do this weird thing where I arch and, you know, (laughs) but I definitely have these conversations with people. And then it comes out after a while because they kind of say, well, why are you so dedicated to this? What kind of weirdo are you? And it, I guess you... It develops into a conversation about powerlifting, and it is the hardest thing in the world, yes. I found. Usually my non-black friends kind of say, oh, hmm, and you can see, see the wheels turning. You see the wheels yeah. turning, and eventually come they come back and they ask the question. And like you said, with a lot of the black women, I know when we have those discussions, the wheels turn, but it's a different set of wheels. Of, exactly. Well, if I do this, then this will happen, and how will, my, how will my man feel about this, and blah, 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 blah. And it is interesting, and I don't know how much... Because obviously I don't live in your inbox or in your world in Chicago as much as I keep saying. I really just need to come play in Chicago because coming out to. because I love Chicago as a city and I it is one of my favorite places. Um, but I definitely have seen as my even just the powerlifting changes as I changes a powerlifter, my body changes things like that and. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily always, quote unquote, look like what people think you should as a power lifter or whatever that means, because that doesn't really mean anything in the larger scheme of things. No, not at all. Um, it's just been interesting to see the response, because right now, because I'm super soft, I am as from a bodybuilding standpoint, even though I don't do that anymore. I'm as off season as I've ever been in life. <laughs> and it is definitely a very different response it's almost like oh okay now I'll try powerlifting because you look like that and that's safe yeah and it makes it really makes a very it it disturbs me a lot from these social implications of it's acceptable for me to powerlift now because I fit and we had I think we had an entire episode of of me ranting about this that now my body's acceptable by black girl standards and Mm. I'm curvy and I'm this and I'm that Mm. and (coughs) Someone actually said this to me last night, so I'm feeling some type of way about it. We will yeah disclosure. It's fresh, that, you know. It's fresh. I got stabbed with it a little bit yesterday. That it, it's like, oh, well, you look like this, and oh, that's really hot and sexy, and oh, wait, you do that? Oh, well, I guess that's okay because you look like that. But don't yeah. change.
1: Well, I've talked about it like a lot too on my pages. I hate the phrase like I powerlift but I still look like a woman. I <laughs> fucking hate that phrase because it is. <laughs> It is so alienating. It's like, it's cool if you lift as long as you still fit in that box and you're still sexy as hell and I still wanna have se- like. Women's lives are not here to give men boners. Like people like forget that that's not our whole point yes. of existence. And like when I hear that phrase, it's just like women. That's I hated that like that get you a girl who does both. I get I'm all with the girl who does both thing because like we are multidimensional creatures. But the get you a girl who does both thing drove me crazy because it all centered around a man. Like yes. get you man get or women y'all you know, get y'all a girl like your purpose in life is not to fulfill another person, man, female, whatever. Like your purpose is to fulfill yourself and like you're enough by yourself and like this idea that like you have to be a certain way or look a certain way to be considered a woman is bullshit because there are tons of women who don't fit conventional standards who are very much women and still very much identify as women so this idea of uh i lift and i still look like a woman is so alienating and i fucking hate the phrase and i talk about it all the time and people use it all the time it's like (laughs) because Because it's their way of, like, bringing people in, right? They're like, oh, well, people will it's see safe. that you can still you can still look sexy as hell like me and not be manly, so this will bring people in, but all you're doing is, like, furthering the stigma and alienating people. Like, you're a part of the problem. They don't see
2: exactly. it. Exactly. It makes it, I think it's, it's and I see it with powerlifting and bodybuilding probably the most. It makes, it's supposed to make it safe.
1: Yeah. i like, don't simple, you don't have to simplify shit. Like, you can get with it or you can get gone. Like, <laughs> right. Like, no well, one needs you. you if, and
2: if <laughs> we don't need to make... It, it's It's like, cram it back in the box. Make powerlifting fit into the box instead of... I, I don't know, when I started, mm. and when I met my first powerlifters, powerlifting was way outside the box, and that was kind of the point. And I and loved it, and that's oh it's, well, it's so that, that feeling freaking, of get in there get in there yeah. be like everyone else doesn't feel right to me as a community that's kind of not what we do
1: exactly it, well that rant i had posted last year on christmas time in my euro onesie about women in the strength sports and it's still my biggest complaint is that i'm all for powerlifting getting big like that's super awesome but what i'm not for is that the people who are making powerlifting big who have these big sponsors and have these big followings and are labeling themselves as powerlifters. Like, cool, they're a powerlifter, and some of them are actual powerlifters, and some of them just, like, you know, fit chicks, but, like, they're people who still fit within the box, like, they're still pretty tall, skinny, blonde, white girls, like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm tired of seeing that, like, this isn't breaking any molds, like, oh, cool, there's a power like, no, none of this is challenging any of the stigmas that we have, you're just, you're popular because you fit within that box, and, like, that's the shit I'm sick of, like, Oh, Like for a while, <laughs> it makes me so mad. And like Chelsea Savage made a post recently about it. Like when she started powerlifting and she's been in longer than I have because I'm relatively new still. And even just the, what, the years that I've been in it, so much has changed. Like it was a safe space where like, I felt like I could perform and it was focused on how I performed and the barbell didn't care how I looked or what I was wearing, or how hot I was, or how not hot I was. The only thing that mattered was if the bar left the ground or not, if the bar was locked out or not. And now there's so much of a shift towards like building a social media platform and getting really popular and getting sponsors and being liked and like i just feel like it's taking so much away from what the sport is and should be about which is lifting heavy and supporting people and uplifting other people and instead as like it grows popular and this whole like instagram thing grows it actually is just doing the exact opposite it's alienating people it's making people feel left out it's making people feel like they don't belong which is stupid because the point of the sport <laughs> was to this <Right. laughs> was the exact opposite so what do I know,
2: though? Right. It's who, who are we? But it is it's been an interesting evolution, for lack of a better word, to see as women have joined the sport that we do. Whether we not all of us, when I say we, it's kind of the royal we <laughs> because it's you can, we can't speak for everybody all at once. But I, I, it has been interesting to watch as women, regardless of race, have joined the sport. We're constantly trying to. I don't know, move back and forth and in and out and change this and change that. And let me fit in the box and let me be pretty. I sometimes read those posts and we won't call anybody's names. But it's always interesting to see how there is this kind of disclaimer of, oh, I'm a little chubby today. And but that's OK. I'll have my abs back next week. or <laughs> I have to, you know. you know,
1: people will post a picture with like an <laughs> ab photo or like how, how skinny their body is. And they'll be like. Sorry, I'm trying to be petty. Um, they'll be like, you know what? I'm just posting this today to talk about, and some long rant that's nothing to do with their body, but like you're using your body to sell this message, and like it doesn't line up. So let's get together.
2: Like, <laughs> it's and can. I'm totally guilty of the ab shot. But the thing is, that's been so interesting, and I and I actually kind of people miss the point sometimes. It was the funniest thing, you know that that best nine thing when that you can do at the end of the year. Every mm-hmm. single one of mine involved my waist or my abs, and yes. I think it's the funniest thing in the world. And I said, you know, people don't even realize all of us—whether it's me, whether it's Brie, whether it's you—we look like what we look like within the yeah. boundaries of what our genetics say we're going to look like. For sure, yeah. <laughs> and so, I might be showing off my best, my best feature because that's happened to be the feature I like. But yeah. I'm not selling anything I can't tell you how to look like me because sorry I there there isn't as far as I know there's not the science for me to give you my body now well that's like is someone figure it out right I'll I'll be happy to introduce it and sell the patents for millions of dollars um but other than that (laughs) there's no way to make that exchange
1: and that's what I tell the story all the time because it was like a humbling moment for me like I will say, although I worked my ass off, lifting came really naturally to me. Like, I I have worked with girls and seen girls who cannot squat to save their lives no matter how hard they try because within their physical body, the way it's structured and their movement patterns, it's not natural, right? For me, squatting came so natural. Deadlifting came really natural. And I remember the first time someone had asked me for help, I straight up was like, I don't know what to tell you because i have no fucking idea how i do this like i just read some stuff (laughs) and i copied it and it came really natural but like same thing because i'm not out here trying to sell coaching online because i mean like and now it's completely different but yeah like our bodies are genetically wired and already like we're already set up to do what we can do and we can obviously learn and adapt from that um same with how our bodies are going to grow like I've always had a smaller waist and a larger bottom half. Like, I'm not out here trying to sell booty building programs cuz this shit just happened. Like, <laughs> right.
2: I am the last person to ask how to grow a butt because quite frankly, if I look at it for too long it grows. That's just how it works. Oh my god, I
1: remember like the first time I realized I had a butt, I was like, "Man, I don't think I like this." Cuz like, you know, butts are a new thing. Like people don't like right. them for forever. Right. Right. Uh now 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 the white girls have them and it's cool. Um but yeah, like I remember just being like, "Man, I don't, I don't know. This is a lot." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's something that just happened. Like I didn't do anything for it, so I'm not I'm gonna be out here selling diets and programs to do it because I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it, it, that's my other high horse angry thing is people who train for fifteen minutes and now they're selling programming. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. They do a policy yeah, meeting, like I, I'm accepting clients. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Even though you don't really know what you're doing yet. But so, okay. what pr-
1: what program are you giving them? Oh, the one your coach gave you. Okay, cool. <laughs> Great, <laughs> lovely. <Awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's
2: it is it's really it's scary to me the amount. And I think sometimes people think when and when and, and to stay within the chocolate bar theme, I've definitely had behind the scenes conversations about this with black women because I think with us not always having the same level of resources to play with, we're always looking for ways to, quote unquote, budget our powerlifting budget, you know, make sure we're budgeting and being smart about money like we were just talking about. And I know I've had this conversation behind the scenes so many times where where someone will say, hey, do you know anybody, anything about coach so and so? And I'll say who? (laughs) and then yeah. they'll send me this link on Instagram. I'm like, first of all, if the only reference your quote unquote quote is an has, an instagram because so instagram yeah. you need to re you need to rethink everything reevaluate so, it all like just <laughs> think from beginning and and then if they're if they're kind of trying to sell mass quantities of training and there's mm-hmm. no uh, there's no limit, there's something wrong there, yeah, because you nothing,
1: can't personalize programming no- for hundred people.
2: <laughs> Right. Now if you say, Oh, this person told me that they have a program on their website that I exactly. can download for XY for ten dollars, that's a yeah. little different. A but template is different. Coaching, exactly. But coaching is not <laughs> a template any more than it is programming. So I think the that lesson is one that uh,
1: Oh, for sure, and there's
2: people who will
1: start with the coach and like like, I have friends who have worked with coaches who they really, really liked, like, their programming, but they didn't feel like they were getting a lot of feedback. Like, I'm working with a coach right now who I'm I'm in love with him. I think he's, he's a little angel send for me. And uh, working with him, I'm like, oh, shit, like, this is how it's supposed to be with a coach. Like, he sends me programming. I tell him shit happened or if it didn't happen, he adjusts my programming based on that. He checks in on me, like... That's if you're paying, that's my biggest like people because I'm timid too. like, believe it or not, I'm really, really timid when it comes to certain things. And like you can't be timid when you are paying for a service. Like if you're paying someone for something and you have expectations, if they're not being met, like, boom, take it somewhere else because someone else will gladly take your money and give you what you need. And like, don't be afraid to do that. Like, I've had tons of friends be like, I'm afraid to break up with my coach. I don't know what to do. I totally get that. But like, you're paying for a service and coaching is not cheap. And if you are not getting something that you need to help you succeed as an athlete, like take your money elsewhere. Ask a friend. My only thing is if you're looking for coaching, like ask people you know, not the internet. Ask people you know <laughs> who they're working with and whom they would recommend because you're going to get a better understanding of who that coach is as a person and if they're going to be a good match for you.
2: Exactly. And if you don't have, I know for me, I knew precisely zero powerlifters when I started. Yeah. Um, and even in that case, if you're going to use social media as a resource, I always tell people, pay attention to the person that you're asking and make sure that they... Yeah have some sense of the larger sport as a whole. Exactly. And they're subjective and like... (laughs) Right. And they know a little bit of something because... You you end up with situations where you ask people and or and ask more than one person because yes. if you ask one person and they tell you this you don't know what their motivation is I know mm-hmm. I definitely not for powerlifting but for other sports have had coaches who said to me well if you refer X Y Z number of clients to me you get X Y Z many number of dollars off your program yeah, <laughs> or no. your or your diet or what have you that's a huge incentive for a lot of people oh yeah my yeah. coach is the best in the business and, and What if their coach isn't the best in the business? Or isn't the best for you?
1: Exactly. And that's a really... And the best for you. So, like, I joke that... And, like, I've only had two coaches in my life. um, And they're both in this year. (laughs) Um, I work with one for pretty much the first half of the year. And the other one I just started with um, the last three months or so. Um, But you learn a lot through your first coaching experience too because like i used to say i didn't need a friend in my coach that's not true i'm a needy person like, <laughs> <laughs> i need someone who can like deal with all of my emotions and my like craziness and support me and like someone that i'm not afraid to go to with all those crazy thoughts and ideas and stuff um so that's something like, i learned about myself through a, a coaching experience i learned that i need a friend in my coach like i need someone that like some people don't need that some people like send me my programming tell me what i'm doing wrong give me some cues to fix it that's all i need and that's great but some people don't so you also need to be aware of that when you're like if you have a friend who has completely different training style and then you like don't be asking them for advice because if you know that you you're needy as fuck (laughs) and they're not their coach is probably not going to be a good fit for you exactly
2: (laughs) Because yeah, no, so. I, I totally agree. I, I had I learned the same thing about myself. I I am not a here's your programming. Um, send me send me the videos, send me your notes, and then I'm just gonna make some adjustments and tell you okay. That I can't. I don't function that way. No. I need hugs. I need hugs, and I need to be told that I'm okay and that I'm not going to die the next yes. time I squat, And <laughs> that I don't. And 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 it's almost like if you don't know that about yourself, you'll learn it the first time you hire a coach.
1: Oh, for sure. And I, I sure as hell did. And I was joking with my friends even recently. I was talking with my coach. He like sent me an email even just today I like I've been sick so I had to go deadlift today and I wasn't looking too forward to it and it went really well but uh, I texted to him he said something like yo that moves so fast I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass like but like little things like that like that's something I appreciate as a coach like I like someone who's like reeling down to earth and like says shit like that to me like that's how I communicate with my friends like I want yeah so you do learn a lot about yourself as an athlete when you get your first coach
2: and I think I don't know. I You're the I think I, I think almost everybody who we've talked to on the podcast and almost everybody I know personally didn't have a coach from jump. And I'm starting to think that even though a lot of times these days people say when especially if you look at these a lot of these powerlifting advice pages on social media, get yourself a coach immediately. It's almost better, I think. Sometimes, yeah. Okay, technical. Your technique might no. be complete shit, but I think I agree with in you. the beginning, being being dumb as fuck and fucking up yeah. yourself is mm-hmm. almost a good way to say it because, quite frankly, having a coach, yeah, your technique will probably be immaculate, but there are all these other things about yourself that you don't learn mm-hmm. if you're never just kind of struggle bussing it.
1: It's a, <laughs> it's a no. It's a part of it's a part of the grind. Like it's a part of learning how you are as an athlete. And, like, I think that having that time alone is essential. And I, I know, like, I probably wouldn't be the athlete that I am if I didn't have that – what I had in the beginning because, like, I had no other option. So, like, my dedication was shown through the fact that I had to figure it out. And, like, that set me up to to be the way I am now in training. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm always – like, coaches are great if you can get, get them and their access to them. But, like, there's also – the downfall which i think we mentioned earlier with the coach is that sometimes you just get a coach and you fall reliant on that coach and you just do 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 and like when you're new you need to be asking questions you need to be reflecting on your own stuff you need to be evaluating what you're doing even if your coach is telling you put your arms this way cool ask him why look at the video or ask her why should they be that way and what are some cues she can give you to help you fix that like i think often people get coaches when they're new and they just they they, the coaches would like give information to them and the people just do it and don't ask questions and then they're robbing themselves of a chance to learn and like theoretically everyone's going to have a coach but you want to get to a point where you can program sufficiently by yourself for yourself like you don't want to be dependent on someone and if you're not learning along the way you're going to be dependent on people
2: that is a really good point (laughs) that is a really good point that you do (laughs) i I mean ideally even and i've had this conversation with people about weight loss oh write me a diet plan write me a diet plan no i don't write diet plans for anyone ever because aside from the fact that that's not i'm not technically qualified to do that at all Mm -hmm. um i don't want people spending their entire lives eating you know three ounces of this and 55 grams of that and 145 grams of this because what happens the day that you don't have a scale or yeah. measuring spoons, and you're in a rush, then you don't know what to eat. You panic. Mm-hmm. And that's just not real life. And the same thing with not having a coach. Sometimes finances change, life situations change. Oh, changes. for sure. And if you can't function on your own, then what? Oh, my God, <laughs> so, 100.
1: Like, you may have a job one month, and next month you may be laid off. Like, you can't afford that $150 expense each month. Now you have to give up powerlifting? <laughs> like, no, like, you should be learning along the way.
2: Especially if you have all of the things you already need to do the powerlifting thing. Yeah. If you've you've been doing it for, you know, I don't know, three years or two years and your job situation changes, your entire world should not crash and burn. (laughs) It just means you might change your gym, you might change, but you shouldn't, you things shouldn't, like, completely fall apart and, Exactly. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I have a thing about that too, that's, yeah. I have a bug up my ass about that, people who all of a sudden oh, I moved to a new city and I can't lift and I'm not a power lifter anymore, because you moved to a different city? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> Man, you could pack me up, move me in Antarctica tomorrow, and I would find a (laughs) gym and I would find a way to contact my coach. Like y'all would be seeing me on the gram still. I'd be like skyping my coach, like, look, it's freezing out here, but this is what we got. (laughs) Like (laughs) we got a a penguin and a polar bear. (laughs) (laughs) I got some ice and some stick blocks. Like, what can we do with this?
2: (laughs) Oh my god, that's the best mental picture I think I've ever had. oh god <laughs> because that's i mean that's something i would do given the opportunity you know it's in, in short of me being someplace where i can't where i can't do anything or you know there's yeah. really nothing i can do i tend to look i tend to work. let me do something yeah so i, I don't know that's I, I always have a bug up my ass about that <laughs> oh my god my life has changed i can't lift anymore but i'm super melodramatic about this. like that so maybe that's just me but um <laughs> so i guess one of the things we always ask people around here is if you had if there was one thing that you didn't know that you know now when you started powerlifting that you could wish you could go back and say okay i'm starting knowing this this one thing what would that one thing be just one
1: (laughs) i know i'm like what's something important that i feel like i wish i knew i wish i knew um I know I guess I'd say I wish that when I started I knew that oh man there's so many things I can't even think of one specific one. Uh, Okay I wish I knew I mean you can't know this (laughs) you can't know this though when you start I was gonna say the feeling of no but you don't know that to you like compete or do something. I guess I would say that like it all adds up. There we go. That's cliche, but it does. It all it all adds up. Yeah, I was all off my head for like a good minute trying to figure out something. Um, it all adds up, and that's the thing I've learned the most is like you can miss a session because you're sick. And you're not gonna your muscles. Your muscles aren't gonna fall off. And you're not gonna detrain because you miss one session. Um, you can go into the gym for, for like freaking two weeks straight, and everything. It feel like straight trash, and you have to lower the weights all of that is still adding up to that end goal. Like you're literally just put, I think of it as like, you're putting a bunch of coins in like a piggy bank and you're putting all of them in. And some days you put a quarter in the piggy bank and some days you put a penny in the penny bank, but it all is gonna add up to that end goal. And therefore it's all essential. So like, there are bad days. And like, I still throw tantrums in the gym. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I put videos of me crying in the gym on the internet, like y'all know, but like, What allows me to get past those moments is that I know it all adds up. Like, shit sucked today, and that sucks, and I'm gonna cry about it because that's how I deal with my emotions, I'm gonna throw a tangent for a second, but I'm gonna get up because I know that even though I didn't hit what I wanted to hit today, what I did hit are pennies in that bank that's gonna get me to where I wanna go. And I think that's essential to like remind myself all the time. It all adds up. So some days, like I said, you're adding quarters, some days you're adding nickels, some days you're adding dimes, but it's all gonna add up to what you want, and that's why it's important to not just like, like in the past, I've had days where I have a trip. I start off and I miss my single, and I throw a tantrum and leave the gym. Okay, so <laughs> you know, like, but now, so okay. First, I was just gonna put ten cents into the pity bank because I missed my single. I could have still put ten cents in instead of fifteen, but now I'm putting a penny in because I threw a tantrum and left. You catch my drift? Like, yes, yes. <laughs> this is a weird analogy, but it's working for no, me I, right now. I'm I'm
2: I'm right there with you because it's speaking to yeah. me. <laughs> I, I, I I'm there with you because that's that's kind of the. I think you and I deal with things in a very similar way because <laughs> I've definitely posted many a time about, I threw my belt across the room and marched my ass right out the front door of the gym and cried on the front steps. Yeah, fuck this. <laughs> like, it's like, fuck all of this, I'm done. Yeah, no. So yeah, no, it is, it is. So many tears
1: have been shed in B&W gym. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not we, we joke like I just I cry all the time in there. Sometimes they're happy tears. Sometimes they're sad tears Sometimes they're full-out tantrums um, But yeah, and that's just cuz like we're passionate and like we expect a lot of ourselves and we want to ex- Excel at the level we want to and like that's fine That's what keeps us driven But like also don't discredit the work you have put in and like count all those coins that you are putting towards the goal because they all add up
2: I, I think I love this whole entire analogy now I'm, now I'm obsessed with it and I'm gonna- no
1: me too i i literally was just it came up on the fly because i was like how can i put this into words that make sense and as i was saying it i'm not even like i was like damn girl you kill it with this analogy and it's like quarters or pennies in the bank they all add up like i was i was just super impressed with myself so- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sorry, I'm I mean, like geeking like over myself. The Book of Adrian, I,
2: I kind of <laughs> love this. I just kind of love what your brain did. Thank you very much for that because <laughs> I think I'm going to file that one away for the next time I want to throw my belt across the room yeah. <laughs> and march my ass out of the gym again. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding it. Okay. Man. Oh man! my
1: hilarious. god! I know. I just. I, I know. I literally was like, I'm gonna straight up just like loving myself because I was really impressed with myself
2: there in the moment. See, that's... I hope you wrote that one down, or at least, well, we haven't recorded for posterity, so if nothing else.
1: No, no, no. So like for sure, when the, I literally was thinking to myself, man, I can't wait till I can post on the internet. I'm gonna wait till they post the the podcast, and I can put the quote inside of my podcast repost of it. See y'all. See y'all. Like <laughs> that's how my brain care, works. I was I, all of that was thinking because my brain runs in trains. So I was ready. um Yeah, that's so funny. Loving it. <laughs>
2: I love the way your brain works oh it's great
1: (laughs) it's insane I was telling someone at work I was like I'm that person you could talk about puppies and I will end at Holocaust because why you said puppies remind me of the cat that I saw last week and the cat was at the store with Elizabeth and I remember oh my god Elizabeth's uncle was saying that he went to that museum where there was the Holocaust thing which reminded me of that day that I went to that museum and they told me like Hitler did this and like that's how my brain works like it just starts at A and gets to Z and like it all happens inside of my head and I forget that people don't see what's going on inside of my head so like you'll still talk about puppies but I've had that conversation with myself in my head and now I want to talk about the Holocaust but you're like how'd you get there Adrian? and that is how because it just that's, is trains That's impressive that's it's it's impressive. so it's it's my adhd but uh it's cool
2: <laughs> But, but I, it's kind of a function that works <laughs>
1: yeah i've learned to live with it
2: <laughs> so i'm thinking we have covered so many of the things that you have ranted about online is there one oh that you need to get out of your system that you haven't yet that you want to use this platform to do because <laughs> you know me i'm i'm a fan of ranting i rant oh all God. the time about things that get in my ass. And <laughs> I know Brie does it too, but, um,
1: okay. yeah, no, before. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, no, no, I've talked about this on Facebook, but I haven't talked about it on Instagram yet. Cause I have to like, I'm trying to be a little more eloquent with the way I say things, uh, on the internet. Uh, but no, actually I did. I made a rant about it the other day. <laughs> See, I forgot. Um, well, no, this one's more specific to like brands. Uh, well, I've talked about brands too before and just like inclusiveness. Um, and who you represent and who you want to buy our products. Um, It is not a trend. to be inclusive, it's not a trend to support people. It's like people's real lives and something that real people deal with regularly. And I think that people forget that because everyone, we're in a day and age where so much is structured around social media and like marketing and building a platform and getting followers and getting money and selling things, which is dope. I get it, like people have to make a living, but also like don't pick and choose where you wanna talk about topics because it's gonna get you likes and support in that moment and then be silent also, because I guess I haven't said this directly on Instagram. I think that a lot of people have good intentions. I think a lot of people mean well, but I say this all the time, like your intentions don't mean shit to me if you don't have the actions to follow it. Like, I don't care how many times you post about wanting to care about black women in the sport or black men in the sport, I want to be a platform for people of color or wanting to be a platform for the queer community or LGBTQ or trans or even not non-binary friends of yours. If you are not actively working to take actions to do that, like anyone can get on the internet and talk about this stuff, but like, what are you doing in your actual life? Not even just lifting your actual life to contribute to their lives being better. What are you doing on the internet when one of your friends says some homophobic shit on your page or some racist shit on your page? Are you, Publicly shutting it down the way you should be like, I don't want you just deleting comments. I want you stamping out and saying, yo, this is not acceptable. I'm not going to accept this on my page. This is never okay. Like, it's so easy for people to be keyboard warriors and say they want to be inclusive and say they care about people. But like, what are you actually doing? for them and like that's my issue with like brands like brands want to talk about being inclusive of everyone also like inclusive does not just mean like the person's there like I talk about this a lot with like black media because people are like oh well inclusive like I'm just gonna use black because I'm a black woman like when I say I want inclusive representation of black people I'm not saying just put me there like I don't want to just be there I want to have a diverse representation because if you look at historically the presentation of black people in mainstream media tell me who's been nominated for Oscars uh we slaves What else are we? We're gangsters. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're (laughs) rappers. Like, excuse me, I'm so much more than a rapper, a gangster, or a slave. Like, I want to see myself going into some witch wizard school and, like, learn how to be a witch. <laughs> I just want to see me living and going to college. Shout out to Grownish. I'm really excited about that show. Um, I just want to see, I just want to see, like, a black family living and existing. Like, we don't always have to be slaves. We don't always have to be uh, gangsters. And that's what I mean by, rep- like, diverse representation. I don't just want to be there. I want to see different shades of me because there's so many things that make up who we are. And we're not just like a one dimensional person, which goes like this topic of intersectionality. And there's so much. So like there's companies to like a put a brown person on their company page. Cool. But then like, OK, well, where are the people of different shapes? All oh, have people of different shapes. But then it's like, OK, where are the people of different color? Like who are these people that you're representing? Who are the people that you're spotlighting? Who are the people that are used in your ads? Who are the people that are used in spotlighted on your page? Like that. Those are the actions that speak so much louder than just like. Oh well, I'm gonna tell you I care about inclusive people and caring about Black people and caring about my queer friends. Period. Like there just needs to be action. That's my biggest pet peeve with everyone because everyone wants to say stuff because it's popular, but no one wants to act because acting is a lot harder <laughs> than it requires talking. Requires
2: an actual commitment.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> and a exactly. To be made. It requires commitment and follow up, and like people don't seem to they do not see they get it. That's why they don't do it. They know it requires more. They know it involves alienation, and I talk about this a lot with um, people that. I get that some people make their living off of the internet, and I'm all about that, but like, you cannot be afraid of alienating people, because why would you want people supporting you that don't support the things you support, like, exactly, why would you want someone who's like, oh yeah, I love that you post those videos of you, you know, doing all those squats, but man, I hate that you hang out with black people,
2: like, <laughs> right.
1: Or, or, or what the I hate that you I hate that you talk about Black Lives Matter Cause ugh Like why would you even want people in your circle And supporting you that are like that And I think that people don't seem to get that More followers or more Whatever it is doesn't always mean like Better and like in the end your actions more than anything speak to the person you are so you can talk all you want but if you don't have the actions to follow it up like it just is noise and there's just so much noise on instagram these days <laughs> yes
2: yes there so is.
1: much so much noise
2: and i think there's a lot of fear um whether you're talking about brands or individuals who are part of the quote unquote for lack of a better word or because I don't feel like naming people's names today and starting a shit storm. I'm not in the mood.
1: Lord, Um, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I just got over some shit like this. I'm trying to say names. I can get my point across without the names.
2: (laughs) But I think there is there's definitely a fear of, oh, God, people are going to unfollow me or, oh, God, people won't buy my services, items, goods, whatever the case may be. And I remember this happened really early on in the podcast, like maybe three episodes into our podcast. And it's been, it's been interesting to watch it happen to other people. So I am one of maybe four black people, might be maybe more than four of us now, but back then there were definitely only maybe four visible black people who went to my gym and my gym reposted one of my training videos and they just took, you know, new, sometimes they you know, people will repost your stuff and they don't use your entire caption. They slammed my whole caption up there, all my black girl tags, all that other stuff. And someone came in and of course somebody had to who doesn't why it's gotta be, why gotta be black girl magic why, oh! why all the black girl stuff why can't I'm you just yelling. be an athlete i'm and... punching the air because i'm black shit <laughs> i'm
1: black i'm black, I'm, I, exactly. sorry. So number one, I'm black. I got number so two, loud
2: sorry <laughs> number two i want to find my for me it is important that black women see that we do this too like yay for the yay for the white women who find me and love me i love you guys you guys are great we have some great conversations in the back and i've had some great conversations with white women about lifting and black girl shit thanks but I want us to see that we do this and that's why we do the podcast and that's why I post the way I do because for me even when I have to sometimes use that whole oh my god see I still look like what you want what you want to look like as a black woman even when I do that I do it consciously for a reason if I have to if I have to unscare you unscare you and make my make your and alleviate all your fears by being like look I still look acceptable. If that's what's gonna get you to cross the line and come over here and get some real shit out of this powerlifting thing then fine, yeah. that's what we're gonna do but yeah i'm looking for mm. black women to find me I, I, like, that, whoever else finds me that's great too whoop-de-doo let's all party but i think that's such a good point because
1: <laughs> there are because like the black women in powerlifting a chunk of us are black as hell and super unapologetic about it like like, Dana Mcnee I'm, a- I'm in love with her, by the way. People don't know who she is because she, like, flies under the radar. But yeah. she's this black lifter in 84. She's maybe 175 pounds. I watched her deadlift 500 pounds Jesus. conventional at nationals. And I was, when I tell you, I was so moved that tears are falling down my face. <laughs> I'm also an emotional person. But just, like, seeing this black-ass woman who was strong as hell. She had so much swagger. And was just, like, unapologetic about being herself. And, like, Oh my God, I was all for my feels watching her lift. That's the same way I got about watching Chelsea lift. Like, yeah. I just, I'm here for it. And they're all, and like, Chelsea and I were talking about it one day. Like, the, the top women in the sport, especially the top black women, are like here for black, they stand for black girls in the sport. Like, right. they're here for us. They're here for us to support ourselves and be loud and proud. And like, I love that. And yeah, I get sick of like, people post something and we'll hashtag like black girl magic or whatever. And someone's like, why, well, it's gotta be, cause I'm black. <laughs> that's all. That's all, not to that. you, that's all I'm gonna I'm say to that. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, and like, and then a, people like, like, are like, "Well, why does it matter?" Because like, this representation conversation, which I have so much, so I'm not even gonna go into it here because representation matters. Period. Period. If yep. you if you don't get it, bye. <laughs>
2: right. And it was. And I mean, really, the guys who own my gym. This is. I forgot what my original point was here. It is. It came back. Yay. Um. They are. I am in a completely white dude owned gym. That is what it is. Um. And they actually kind of sets they shut that shit down before I even had to, <laughs> but it was important to them that it is what it is. Let her talk, let her do. And it's just crazy to me though, the number of people who are afraid to do that, to kind of shut down the crazy and the oh, I'm not okay with black girl this, black girl that, or black man this, black man that. But even the black men don't get the shit we do, I think. No, no, unapologetically no, black. no. Being black. Like, black girls, when we talk, especially in this lifting space, I don't know what, what maybe it's because black men don't have to hashtag black men whatever power lift, Yeah. But for us, it does matter. I don't, if black men don't want to do th- Whatever fine do you but for us it is really important for us yeah because
1: it's be. for us it's important to see ourselves and other people and to get it known and like yeah i just uh i mean like being black first is a struggle but being like a black woman is even more and even i say this as a person who is like still an extremely privileged position uh with my blackness and i just it just fucking baffles me. Um but no, I'm I'm constantly encouraged when I see like posts from Ellen Liverpool who mm-hmm. I'm in love with and yes, people Laura. like Ch- like did we see Chelsea squat 384 triple the other day? Like can yes. I just shout out my girl right now? Like Yes. I I, when I tell you like that gave me so much life. I was like texting her. We were texting back and forth that morning and I was like low key just like crying like <laughs> like you are someone who inspires me so much um and like i just i I love it i love seeing i love seeing black women excel and that gives me so much life i love seeing black people excel especially black women and i love that we're fighting for a platform and we're talking about ourselves and we're being unapologetic about it and i'm just you know waiting for everyone who says they're about us to actually be about us (laughs) like until until then like i know and like until then i don't want to hear black women leave your mouth until like you have some follow-up action to it like that's where I'm uh, at, it's, at this point. It sounds harsh, fair. but that's where I'm at. Like, don't, <laughs> don't, don't tell me I'm here to support black women and then not make any action. Like, I'd rather you just not say anything at all.
2: Like, <laughs> right, or just tell me you don't really support me. And that's fine, too. I, yeah, I exactly. On. I'll move to the left and do something with somebody else. And you can just do you over there in the corner. Exactly.
1: That's and that's <laughs> so, like, I've been really conscious with, um, especially recently, like surrounding myself with people who are active and actually taking action and actually have discussions and i'm trying not to support people who don't so i've been doing a lot of unfollowing mm-hmm. i've been doing a lot of just like completely getting people out of my feed and out of my life who aren't supporting the things that i support and like it's no hard feelings i'm not saying you're a bad person i'm not saying i'm a good, good person like i'm just saying like i don't fuck with you and that's cool exactly, <laughs> like,
2: exactly. yeah and i, I think have I, a sanity check that i've had to make with and i've told quite a few of the black girls I talk to behind the scenes, um, the same thing. If you're following, I know a lot of us, the people that we find first with this whole strength sports thing, not just powerlifting, but CrossFit and everything else. Yeah. If the first athletes you find are non-black people and non-black faces that's fine i don't i don't care that's who i found first too exactly but if you are in paying attention if you're paying attention and you notice that you've never seen them even with that one black friend that they might they might have you've never seen that you've mm. never seen them take a stance on something or they mm. kind of are dodgy about their stances on things mm. that unfollow button is really pow- powerful for you ain't
1: it unfollow ain't it I talk all the time about, like, don't support people who don't support you. <laughs> like, don't support <laughs> brands that don't support you. Like, people, like, it's not as simple. I mean, like, people make their living from this. And if you stand up and say, I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to like the stuff you post because you don't represent me. Like, there's powers and numbers. Why do you think when it's time to vote for shit, people want to talk about black women? <clears throat>
2: right.
1: Exactly. Why? I was leaving. Why? Because they we're there, and they know our vote counts, and they know we matter. Like,
2: that's why when it's time to vote. <laughs> so oh, I'm hearing sorry. your dog snore. <laughs> See, <laughs> <He's> so cute. <laughs> See, eventually, eventually every episode we get one solid snore from one of them. Oh, it's so episode. cute.
1: Let him live his life.
2: <laughs> That's it's like and the thing is, it doesn't matter where I sit in the house because they they'll follow, follow you. They're yeah. Just like, Hi, we want to contribute by snoring into the microphone. One <laughs> are we time. are we here, mom? Are we here now? Mom? OK, cool. Great. I'm going <laughs> to well, sleep here now. We've. We've named them all, all three dogs. So Breeze Dog and my two are our executive producers. I love it. And their primary contribution is snoring.
1: Yes, I love it. And occasionally
2: pawing at a microphone. (laughs) But um, we definitely have, I I mean, it's this, being a black woman on the internet in a strength sport has been, especially especially because I think I really rode under the radar for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And... Then there was this sudden I don't and, and it's not like I'm Instagram famous and Lord Jesus, please don't ever make me Instagram famous. Holy crap. I have a real I, life and so a real many, job.
1: So <laughs> someone so who slid into one of my comments like, Oh man, like I love this and hopefully you didn't piss off on these racist people. I was like, Look, people don't generally don't follow me because I'm super open about this, so like it ain't a secret. <laughs> like Yeah, like
2: Yeah, it's Lord. Uh, I, it, it's it's like you get what you get and yeah. you know, but it's been it's been really interesting because you do get <sighs> I I have been it's since we started the podcast, it's been interesting. And I don't I, I don't know that everybody has the same vis, the, has the same visibility into it because it happens in my DMs most of the time, which is interesting. Yeah. Is that people don't engage things that we talk about in the podcast on the podcast page. They'll come to me and, DM oh me and say, I have a question about. Blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, it's usually not hostility. And I think no. that's one of the things that we've been really lucky with the, because I think Bree and I definitely both kind of we're expecting a really hostile <laughs> something yeah. because we are talking about something that a lot of times the first response is I ain't gotta talk about black women why you care we didn't get that but a lot of the conver- the questions I do get are these sort of well, why is this an issue? We don't understand why you had to talk about that. Like, I had one week where I spent almost an entire week explaining the hair episode to people. <laughs> mm. <laughs> why that matters. But then I said, you know what? Let me be nice about this because really people are clueless. People have yeah. no idea why this they discussion are... matters. And they just don't even know. <laughs> it's it's really been interesting, the things that come up that are just... And it's in my brain, I guess, I think. You know, it's 2018. Yeah. Don't we know these? But we don't. And really, people... I and this is why we wanted you here because people definitely need to hear it from as many of us as possible that we're here. We have big mouths. Bri and I are not the only ones on the, on earth that talk about this shit. Yeah. (laughs) Pay attention. There are smart women out here who lift heavy shit and do badass things in life and heart whole entire people with lives and thoughts and (laughs) all of that to go into that, to go on. So I I don't know. It's just, it's been interesting to see, some of the things that have come out of watching other people do them like i told brie i don't remember what it was that you were ranting about but i said brie i was like if we don't get her on the fucking podcast in january <laughs> my head is going to burst into flames because <laughs> it's like you're the, i think you're the only person that i know that rants in your instagram stories yeah more than i do <laughs> who who's i'm gonna do that. this is gonna be really short and then 25 minutes later you've made 14 stories and
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, they always – I try to keep it short, but I just get in these tangents because, like, I, I I think this is the best way to, like, encompass, like, my interaction online because I used to be really ashamed. I'm a really, like, empathetic, emotional person. Like, I feel every feeling that I have from, like, my toes to my hair. Like, I feel it all – like, my little bitty hair is – like, I just – I'm an emotional person. So, like – It's hard, I wouldn't say it's hard for me to separate things, but like everything to me is personal because everything is a representation of who I am and my role in society. And therefore everything that I say is intentional. I don't do it just for the shits and gigs. I don't do it just to stir up shit. Like I do everything very intentional because I believe that the way you speak up in society and the way that you challenge people is a direct contribution to the world that not only you exist in, but like the people after you're gonna exist in. And I say it all the time, like I'm single as hell right now, but like one day, I'm gonna have some black ass kids and like I don't want them to live in the world that I live in and yeah so everything that I do is extremely intentional and extremely with extreme purpose because I want people to see that there's so much more than just these bubbles and these little the itty bitty things in life and like we have to be open to talk about it and yeah so like it always turns into craziness because it is personal to me like it's all personal I remember one day I posted this and I took it down because I was just like I didn't get to finish it because it was being crazy but like I said that like it is not a trend like I don't like, I put this in my most recent one. Like, we don't get to turn off being black or being queer or whatever it is oh. that we are. Like, it's Amen. not something to just talk about in the moment because it's popular. Like, I don't get to stop being black tomorrow therefore like people are like why do you always talk about this it's because it's the life that i live and even with the life that i live i'm extremely privileged in it and there are people who have it twenty thousand times worse it's the life that my kids are gonna live it's the life that my brother lives my dad lives like i don't get to turn this off so like people are like why do you why do you always make it personal it's because it's personal it is. and everything that it everything that we do in society is personal <laughs> like i don't <laughs> know why like people are so against admitting that like everything that we do is personal because it's a reflection of who we are as a person It is personal. So that's why I take things to heart. I get really sad when I see people being mean to other people. I get really pissed when I see people saying ignorant things um, because it is personal. And that's, that's I think that tries to encompass like my feelings and everything. Cause I think for some people who are able to just kind of objectively look at everything, they don't, they struggle to see why I get into these tangents. It's because I care so fucking much that it hurts. <laughs> and I, I, I cry all the time. I remember one day I posted a story in the middle of crying. It was when I fa- saw that new thing on FAFSA, where it asked if you yes. had been convicted of a felony. I was bawling that morning. I didn't put it all on camera, but I just was crying cause I was so overwhelmed with the fact that like our fucking, uh, we don't have a chance. <laughs> like we don't even have a chance before we
2: start. Right, because now we can't even access it if we want to.
1: Like the step, like the system is built against you to put you in a position where you're more likely to get arrested or convicted of a crime more harshly than a white person, and now you can't even get a college degree after that. Like it just pissed me off. I remember just sitting there crying because I was like, "This is a very..." And like I shared a story that day of like a, uh, a two stories like a white guy and a brown kid. Um, but the brown kid that I talked about, I was I overextended it, but my brother actually was um arrested because he's at a party with his friends he had weed and they tried to convict him as a dealer and like luckily my family we had the means to get him off of that but like if we didn't like that could have been my brother's life you know like and that's a shit that hits home and personal because like shit's not fair and like i'm so privileged in the fact that we were able to do that for him but not everyone has means to that and uh, it's just bullshit so yeah this everything's personal to me and that's why things turn into rants because
2: i'm a personal person <laughs> <laughs> because you're a person. Yeah. Period. You're a yeah. human. You're a person. You have a life. These are your things. Yeah. So I don't know. What else? Do you have anything else for us? Or should Oh, my God. We, God, we talked
1: on everything. Um, <laughs> I know. So many things. No. Um. I guess I would just... Like okay, a going away thing. I mean, I would just say that, like, whoever is listening to this, especially if you're black, like, keep being black <laughs> and keep, like, encouraging yourself and others around you. I talk about this openly, too. Um, there was, like, the longest time where everything that i did was like anti-blackness and i say that not like against black people but i did everything i could to like disassociate myself with blackness because i've been trained that it was wrong right like society told me that everything about blackness was wrong and i i was less worthy and deserving of life and so i tried to disassociate myself with my blackness so then it became like you know like you hear those things like oh i'm not black i'm and in indian and puerto rican like i was <laughs> i was that girl and those are both true But those things don't define me, right? So, like, like I was that person where I tried to attach to anything that I could that would separate me from blackness. And I think just from the last, like, four years, I've been really um, accepting and opening of it. And, like, it makes me sad because I wasted so much time hating myself. But, like, it encourages me to see other black people being openly black. And that has what's encouraged me. And me being that myself, I get people telling me that I encourage them. So it just is, like... Keep being yourself and, like, don't let other people dim your shine and don't let people tell you you don't get to talk about who you are, represent what you are, because, like, it's not the time or place. Like, just don't let people shit on you and make you feel like you don't get to talk about yourself, because everyone else gets to be pro themselves and you get to be pro yourself and... Yeah, I just I hate it when people try to diminish brown women's accomplishments or brown women supporting brown women. Like you said, like well I gotta be black girl magic, cause it is. <laughs> it is 'cause nice. it is. And that's like as simple as it is. Um but yeah, I'm trying to think of like I think I touched on a lot of the things. We kinda like swerved around a little
2: bit. Um, <laughs> well, that that's that uh, with the two of us here. And for full disclosure for people listening, Brie was here in the beginning. <laughs> in the- <laughs> and since we'll probably explain it when we promo the podcast anyway we shot we probably should put it in the podcast too that Breeze microphone decided to give her a big fuck you halfway yeah. Through the yeah she and-
1: was just messaging us the whole time like my life hates me <laughs> she actually just messaged us and said she wants to hear about my music oh yeah so i sing um i was in a band for a while but honestly i just got overwhelmed with my life so i'm not working with them anymore um but the goal is to hopefully get back performing in the city uh so if i do that i'll try to let you guys know and one Whatever. we'll see where that goes but uh yeah i sing and it's like my it's my thing i thought i want to sing for a living um but i realized that's not what i want to do and luckily it's just something i'm really passionate about and it's like a little escape um but yeah i love singing and then brie also wants to know what i'm wearing to see black
2: <laughs> <laughs> i just saw the question do
1: <laughs> holy shit what am i wearing? you know i haven't even planned an outfit but i'm telling you i'm i'm about to be Oh my god! I'm so I'm so excited. That video. I don't know if you guys seen that video where it's yes. like yes, the video like Black people on the Way see Black Panther. I was like, no, but for real, that's that's what it's gonna be. <laughs> like it's gonna be lit. But I don't know what I'm gonna wear yet. But I'll send you a picture. <laughs>
2: yes, please make sure make sure we get pictures because it's important. <laughs> it's an important moment for us. I don't I don't think people really know how serious no, we I'm so excited. are about this Black Panther thing. Even There's- I don't even like the movies. Like I don't I don't like going. I don't
1: to watch. Movies. I don't like, I don't, actually, I like the theater. I go with myself. I personally go to the movie myself. But um, I don't like, I'm not a big, like, superhero movie person. But, yeah, I will be there for Black mm-hmm. Panther, dressed to the nines and whatever I decide to wear, and just chilling, happy as hell, black as hell, and just being like,
2: <laughs> black here we
1: are. Yeah, I'll just be
2: Black Panthering. Like, oh, my God. And, oh, <laughs> Bree just sent us another question. So. <laughs> Bree's sending in questions. I love this. <laughs> so we're basically at this point having interview by, messages because Bree's <laughs> microphone has really told her to fuck off. So okay. Bree wants to know what do you want to be remembered for and like what's on your tombstone?
1: He likes morbid Adrian. as fuck, but <laughs> I know, like I'm not dying anytime soon, Bree, so um no <laughs> Um I wanna be remembered for honestly, I wanna be remembered for my work eventually with um s- educational policy. Like Powerlifting is cool and talking about inclusiveness and powerlifting is cool but like I want to work to change the world that we live in and like the first step to doing that is changing our educational system because it is fucked and it is made to not educate our students. Um, You don't how many, how many people have you met were like, oh, my! The most of the education I got was after school? Not just elementary school, not high school, like college. Like most people don't truly get an education until they're out of school, which is ridiculous. Like we're in school to learn and not just to learn, but to have an education and to be con- built and given the tools to look at our world that we exist in and think critically about it. And our schools don't do that right now. And that's something I want to be a part of, hopefully, in some manner um, with changing that, because... Like I said before, our kids don't even have a chance before they start. And my tombstone should read, Here Lies Adrian, the dopest Hufflepuff that ever lived. (laughs) No, I don't know what tombstone's going to say. I'm actually going to be cremated, so.
2: (laughs) See, I I was going to say, if she wants to be cremated, that's really problematic as fuck because then you don't have a tombstone.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't know. But yeah, I want to be remembered for work um, that's going to better like, people after me. Like, not just, I don't want to just, like, build things and be popular. I want to, like, hopefully help kids have a chance. Like, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Like, our kids don't have a chance, and, uh, I want to be a part of whatever that solution is, and it may not be, it may not be solved for hundreds of years, but if I can, like, play a role in getting us to that, that'd be dope as hell, because that's what I want. I did not like school, and I want kids to like school and get something from it and be prepared. Uh, yeah, because school is important if it's being it's it's important if it's being used correctly
2: well in theory it's supposed to be the foundation of everything we do but it's
1: supposed to be the foundation of our society but we all know how those things go (laughs) again Uh, yeah no i like um david stovall if you guys look him up he's a professor at my my university he is who i aspire to be as an adult so he's just this like dope ass pro-black educator and I just I, I stand for him I stand so hard for him I'm like a fan
2: <laughs> so there you go we've got a name for you and yeah um, I got a
1: name you guys
2: <laughs> you can look up and get some education on those kinds of things not she yeah. She knows everything not just powerlifting see <laughs> that's why we, that's why we bring you guys here to talk about things Woo-hoo! other than powerlifting too okay and then well I guess we're swinging back to powerlifting because now Brie wants to know and this is why ladies and gentlemen especially if there are gentlemen listening I know there are tons of ladies listening um this is why Bree. Has to be here because she gets I am, the good stuff out. She's she's like the good. She's the good interviewer. I just like to talk and then That's same here. I'm, and I'm and I'm the organizer. I if, like we'd be running around with it like chickens with our heads cut off if I wasn't yeah. a type A psychopath. So we balance each other. So Bree yeah. wants to know because she's a good interviewer. Um, yeah, exactly. What, are, what are, like what are you doing next? So what meets are coming up? Do you have any planned? And where can we find you on the internet?
1: Yeah. So I am actually two weeks out from a meet. <laughs> Which is insane. Um, I am. Uh, I've been feeling under the weather, but I'm trying to stay optimistic about it. But the plan was actually just to do this meet because it's my anniversary meet. So it's the two year anniversary of my first meet, um, and I want to do this because it's home. It's at my home gym, and it'll just be nice to get a meet in and hit some numbers. My plan is actually to go into a really long off season um, because I'm, like I said, I'm in school right now and I'm a student teacher. So my schedule is a chaos mess, and. Um, Yes, yeah, so I'm focusing on that, but also building. And 2018 Nationals is in Spokane, Washington. That's just really far. I'm not going to go there. Um, but Nationals in 2019 is actually going to be in Chicago. So it sounds oh. crazy to talk about 2019, but I'm focused on 2019. Like everything that I'm doing that right now sense. is focused on finishing school, graduating, getting a teaching job and Preparing to like kick the most ass that I can at 2019 nationals and like be the best version of me So i'm super stoked for that. But yeah, so I got this week coming up Hopefully that'll put me in a nice little off season, and then i'm just gonna be grinding on the internet and uh lifting and celebrating there until i can get into another meet but yeah the goal is 2019 nationals and i'm like super excited i sound crazy saying it but it'll be here before no, I know you definitely it, so. don't i
2: mean it's not i mean we're already in 2018 and yeah exactly clearly plans plans are important like long-term yeah. plans super matter okay. so For sure we know and then, who you are on instagram but where you repeat your instagram and then anything else where yeah. we can
1: it is uh, Adrian Who, so A D R I E N N E W H O O. You can, I think you can follow me on Facebook. I've recently tried to make that private, but I do post a lot of rants there. I'm just Adrian Nicole, and then um, in the meantime, I was working on a blog. But um, actually, the Girls Who Power Lift blog. I write a lot for Girls Who Power Lift, so you can find some of my stuff on there about just inclusiveness and being yourself and loving yourself um in the meantime but hopefully i'll have some more concrete things coming towards you and the future
2: (laughs) oh and don't you do some stuff with in chicago with the meetups and all that for powerlifting because i think that's where you and i just talked about that not too long ago
1: yeah no i am like i said i try to do anything that i can to get women together um so we have a women's powerlifting crew at my gym called bw brady bunch because the man that owns a gym is his name is dennis brady (laughs) um but we try to do meetups. We meet up every Saturday, like just our group. And we invite anyone in the city to come lift with us on Saturdays. So anyone in the city of Chicago, like seriously, DM me a message on Instagram and come lift with us. We have people, some of our closest friends we made that way. They found us on Instagram or they found me on Instagram and came and lifted it with us. Um, and then we try to schedule meetups like quarterly. It's a new thing. We did our first one in September and we're doing another one in February. Um, we're doing another meetup. It's Pretty much the Midwest. So, like, if you're in Michigan and you want to drive in four hours, you can sleep on my futon and come live with us. Um, it'll just be like a night of lifting. I got some sponsors coming in giving us some stuff. So, that'll be exciting. Um, but, yeah, I'll post most of that stuff on my Instagram page so you can't find it. Because, like I said, my biggest goal with powerlifting is to bring people together, um, especially, like, uh, diverse people. Um, and my gym is we joke all the time, we have a big queer gym, like everyone at my gym is queer. (laughs) Um, And that's when I first started, I was like, oh, I didn't know this, this is interesting. And so we're really intentional about being inclusive of everyone. And I think that's something really special, especially in like a gym atmosphere where you don't always get that. So yes, come through. Um, But yeah, follow me on Adrian Who, that's where I post most of my stuff. I've been a little away recently following some Instagram drama and just needing some time to myself, but uh, I'll be back after my meet.
2: OK, I think we've I really do think this time we've covered everything we've left.
1: We've covered everything. This I mean, is a long one, y'all. I'm sorry. That's OK. <laughs> it's like, that's,
2: because that's what happens when the two talkers who rant on are the left internet alone. are left alone <laughs> without our mom to control us. Oh, man. I'm sorry, Brie. you got locked out. <laughs> we probably it would probably have been like a five hour episode that we would have had to post On
1: real though because like there's definitely a point where, like i was like cool we're gonna do an hour then I hit the hour mark and i was like cool we make it like hour 15 now i'm like it's an hour and 30. Oh, no. we've clearly <laughs> given you
2: guys 90 <laughs> minutes worth of our foolishness and buggery. um
1: yeah cardio so. <laughs> cardio listen <laughs> it's something listening to you when you cardio or on your commute
2: <laughs> right we've, we've got your commute covered your cardio we've got all that covered but um yeah. i guess thank you for listening brie will be back if it oh (laughs) whatever she gets a microphone that likes her um for those who missed the message that we posted on our instagram the other day we are making a slight change um for the sake of our sanity and the quality of of the episodes uh to do two a month so we'll be posting every other week Uh, one should be in most cases an interview like this one or a guest <laughs> a guest host because that's really what just kind of went on and, and, oh yeah, um, yeah we'll call then, it that guest host uh, yes and then a topical and something more topical um for the other one so the the timing will change you'll just see two a month instead of three or four uh but other than that brie will be back this is not this is not the d show i promise uh so thank you guys for listening We've got Adrian here. I'm Dee, and Brie is listening and messaging. <laughs> she <laughs> says, well, But so she will definitely be back. Um, thanks yeah. for listening. Uh, see you guys at the bar, and we are out of here. Bye. Thank oh, you. Oh, and Bree is now yelling at me to tell us, tell them where to find us. <laughs> Bree, we have two seconds left on this damn show. They are. <laughs> we are on the Instagrams, IG. And we are also on Twitter. I have yet to actually use the Twitter, so that is breeze domain. Um, and then we are working on bringing the blog back together. Um, so we'll start updating that. We will let you guys know when we start dropping more material um, on that side of things. So again, we are on SoundCloud, iTunes, Twitter, Instagram, and the blog is coming back. We're also on Facebook. Um, the Facebook matches up with the Instagram, so. That is that. We are going to cut this off before this turns into a two-hour episode. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening. I'm serious this time. No matter what Brie messages me to say next, we're stopping the recording. <laughs> so thanks for listening, guys. Uh, check out all of our platforms. Check out Adrienne on all of her platforms. And we will be back in about two weeks. See you at the bar. I'm thank D, you. That's Adrienne. And Brie <laughs> says Bye. <laughs> <laughs>